Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes we are back at you with another Press Box episode and it is the first episode after Christmas so I am joined by Kaya. Kaya, how was your festive season? How was it? All good? Yeah, it was nice, thank you. I've been back at home and you might tell the scene behind me has changed. That's because I've not moved to a, a nicer part of my house. This is my parents' house, so much nicer setting behind me. But yeah, back with the family for Christmas. Um, had a nice relaxing time away. And then, of course, Arsenal won on Boxing Day to top things off. So pretty good festive period all round so far. How about you? Yeah, same as you, Kaya. Same, just with family, etc., etc. Seeing everyone's good again. But as you said, what topped it off was Arsenal's Boxing Day feature over Norwich 5 0. I think, would you say it was our best away performance in a long, long while, Kyle? Good question. Um, I wasn't actually there, unfortunately, for the Leeds game because I got a flat tyre on the way up. But I imagine that will be um, similar. I, I think you know, sort of have to caveat it with how poor Norwich were, but Arsenal did play really well. And some of the moves that led up to the goals that they scored were pretty sublime. So it's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it has to be up there. And just touching on the game briefly, do you have any standout performance for you? You thought, oh, he was excellent in that, in that game. There's so many to choose from. It's really hard. I mean, there's obviously Kieran Tierney who scored the goal and was fantastic up and down the left. And then I think Martin Erdegaard was again sublime. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you give him space, it's like I said this in my player ratings, it's quickly becoming one of the most dangerous things you can do in the Premier League because he will just dissect the team. He doesn't he's just doesn't flinch. His passing right now is just top notch. And we talk about how well the forward lines, obviously Martinelli and Saka were both fantastic and Saka got two goals and Lacazette played well as well. But um the reason those three for me are playing as well as they are right now is that the, the sort of the facilitation provided by Erdegaard in that midfield role I think he's been fantastic so yeah he's he I gave them all nines out of ten because I just couldn't pick a um a man of the match but I guess if I had to had to choose Erdegaard would probably be my stand-up performer for sure yeah I agree with you and I think it just says a lot about Erdegaard that Smith Rowe is constantly coming in from the bench scoring every game it seems like but still he still can't seem to break in that mold with Erdegaard Martin and Saka it's really testament to how good that four is isn't it yeah, it's mad. When you look across the rest of the Premier League and teams are struggling to even put out 11s, Arsenal are really lucky right now and also blessed by the fact they've got so many talented forward players. And the 13-14, I mean, Nicolas Pepe came on, got an assist. He's nowhere near the starting 11 right now, if you think about a player of his quality. So, yeah, I, I would argue that Smith Rowe's best position is actually out on the left wing. And I think he's got more of a chance of beating Gabriel Martinelli to a spot in the team than Odegaard at the minute. Having said that, though, Martinelli is playing so well at the minute and he's starting every single game and now there's going to be a rest before Manchester City with Wolves being suspended, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a second. But that means that that rotation that probably would have happened where Smith Rowe would have played, I imagine, and Ketia would have played as well. That's probably not going to happen now. So it's difficult to see him getting into the team, but he's a, he's a very, very, very good player to have come off the bench. Oh, absolutely. And before we do touch on the Wolves game, I just want to uh, speak about Bakayi Saka quickly because I think... The only thing he was lacking was that real goal threat, in my personal opinion. I think when you get in front of goal, he wasn't quite prolific or convincing. But now it seems anytime he cuts onto that left foot, it seems like he's going to score. Do you agree with this this view as well? He's on his way. I think he's... Yeah, I, I agree. The, the start of the season, he was missing a few chances. Mm. And I, yeah, I think it's probably fair to argue that the goal sort of the end product side of his game was maybe a little bit lacking. I just think that's because of the positions he was playing on the pitch. And now he's playing a lot higher up the pitch. And I think in the, because I watched the Leeds game on TV, obviously, instead of being at the, the ground. And they put up quite an interesting graphic about the average positions. And Mikhail Saka was way higher. And I kept a, 
way harder than anyone else on the pitch in an Arsenal shirt. And I kept an eye on this at Norwich just because I found it interesting. And Saka was so high and so close to the opposition goal. So I think that little tweak, especially since Martinelli's coming to the team and Lacazette's obviously dropping a little bit deeper, that's just enabled him to go to another level in terms of the attacking chances he's getting. So I think maybe the reason we're sort of paying so much more attention to Saka's finishing is just because he's getting those opportunities so much. And the look, of course, Brandon Williams foolishly gave him the chance to come inside in his left foot not once but twice. You can't do that with a player who's as good as Bukayo Saka. But if he's getting more opportunities, he's going to take them. And, you know, people say he's a bad finisher, but he's got three goals in his last two starts. Not bad. And if he can keep that up with the tactics Arsenal are playing right now, that would be impressive. Obviously, Manchester City is a whole other test and he'll probably be a lot deeper. But I think, yeah, Saka seems to be finding a little bit of a groove in front of the goal right now. And that's a fantastic thing for Arsenal because one of the best young players in the Premier League is some, improving on something that is going to make him an even better player in the future. Honestly, world-class. I think we, on a stream earlier, uh, Hush mentioned how it's almost Ruben like the way he was cutting in, defender knew what he was doing, but he just couldn't be stopped. But it's almost like Mikhail Teto is like implementing an inside forward position for Gabriel Martelly and Bakari Saka. And that's why I think they've been able to support Lacazette. And Lacazette's been getting much more help in recent weeks. As you said, Saka's been much higher up the pitch. Martelly's higher up the pitch and just creating more chances in the attacking phase. But you also mentioned uh, Williams there, uh, Brandon Williams at left back, uh, Kai. And one player he came up against, which I was surprised about, you wouldn't have predicted it before the game, that was Ben White. Ben White was at right back and he done pretty decent, didn't he, in that position, Kai? Yeah, he's played there a couple of times for Brighton before. I think he played there a bit for there on the 23 side. I saw a bit on social media going out saying he managed to get three assists playing right back to the under 23s a while back now. But, you know, he's, he's clearly talented. We all know how good he is on the ball. Great dribbler and defensively very solid as well, as we saw in those sort of clashes with Williams and Norris tried to bully him a little bit. They had no chance. So, um, yeah, he, he seems to have all the attributes for um, being a good right back as well as a central defender and if you look at the way the Arsenal right back plays he ended up being in the same position on the pitch more or less sort of that right half space in front of the defence for more or less for the rest of the game so it's not too much of a shift for him the only the only thing I was concerned about is sort of maybe separating him and Gabriel will that affect their partnership but it didn't Rob Holding came in I thought maybe on the ball not as quite as secure as Ben White but that's just because Ben White has been so good but yeah Rob Holding is a good player to come in I think he's a fantastic Pardon me, central defender. So, yeah, I think Arsenal's squad is looking pretty deep right now. And if you think about the fact they've got four options at right back, none of them were available on the day and they were still able to cover and cover really effectively. That's a sign of a really strong squad that Mikel Arteta has managed to, to form within the space of basically one transfer window. So him and Eddie deserve a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. Four right backs, all unavailable. What are the chances of that happening? But now there was debate, Kai, on Twitter about... Um, on social media as a whole about the Wolves game. Some fans were happy that it weren't going to go ahead. Of course, COVID means it's cancelled. But some fans were happy it was going, going to go ahead and some fans weren't happy as they wanted to keep the momentum. But which way do you stand? Do you think we should have played the game or do you think it's a low-key a blessing in disguise that we didn't have to play the game on uh, tomorrow? I guess we'll only really know after Manchester City, won't we? Um, it depends on if Arsenal look leggy and off the pace against Man City, which has happened in the past. It's happened this season. Um, then we'll say, look, it would have been good if they played against Wolves. If they look fresh and energetic, then we'll say, thank God they had the extra six days rest. So difficult to say now. I think just in terms of keeping those players who haven't been playing as many minutes sharp, it might have been good. So I mentioned earlier Smith Rowe and Ketia. Um, obviously, Maitland-Niles isn't fit, but Sambi is back now. 
um, people like that who may have come on, particularly given that, I don't know, Thomas Partey's not going to be available for that game because he's off with the AFCON. I think Pepe hasn't been playing anyway, but he's not available. And then Aubameyang is a whole other matter altogether for maybe a whole other show. But um, yeah, I think it's difficult to say right now. But um, I think, listen, more rest in the leg when you're coming up against a team like Manchester City and Arsenal are going to have to do a lot of running in that game because they're going to see a lot of the ball. It's, it's a good thing, in my opinion. And it gives players like Bukayo Saka, who was sort of kicked around the pitch yesterday, a chance to recover. And um, yeah, Gabriel Martinelli was sort of struggling with a few injuries before Christmas. So it gives him a little chance to recover and things like that. So personally, I, I sort of err on the side of it being a good thing. I think the idea of having to play two games in less than 48 hours was always a bit of a, a strange one for the Premier League. And it's, it's good now that the players get a chance to have a little bit more rest because I think that'll be key against Manchester City. Yeah, it will be key. Do you, would you, personally, if you were in Mikhail Arteta's shoes now, would you keep the same 11 at play against Norwich or would you look to to change up a bit? No, I'd keep it the same. I think he's going to have to change something because I'm pretty sure that Thomas Partey won't be available um, for that game. So I imagine that'll be Sambi Lekonga coming mm. in in midfield, depending on whether Ainsley's back from COVID or whether El Nenny goes. I don't really know what the situation is there. But um, yeah, that will have to change. But beyond that, I'd keep it all relatively the same. I think Arsenal have really stumbled across a winning, not stumbled across, found a winning formula um, with the way the tactics they've got going right now. The 4 2 3 1 looks really good. I'm really liking that front four, the way Lacazette drops deep, the way those inside forwards come in and cause problems, and the amount of goals they're scoring. They're playing the ball so quickly. Well, listen, it's going to be a different test against Manchester City because they pressed properly, and Norwich did not press properly at all. Their press was disjointed. Um, it was pretty poor for a Premier League standard, but um, City is a whole different ball game, and it will be interesting to see how they come up against them because this is the first sort of we talked about Anfield as being a test um, for this young side, and they sort of, they didn't come up too well, they didn't come through it too well. Obviously, the four 0 scoreline was maybe a little bit flattering to Liverpool in the end, but on the day, Liverpool deserved to win, and Arsenal didn't come away from it feeling great. Hopefully, with this game being at home, being on New Year's Day. You just get the feeling that maybe also Manchester City will have played a game in between, but you get the feeling that maybe um, Arsenal might just have a little chance. I'm talking myself into it, but um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll be that'll be a good thing for them. Yeah, you got me a little bit excited there, Kyle. I was making a sort of thinking, you know what, you're actually speaking facts. Here. Maybe we do have a <laughs> maybe we do have a chance. Be on January the second. Yeah, <laughs> we shall see. Hopefully, you are right, but. Of course, it's the festive season and, and it's busy with games, but it's not just busy on the pitch. It's also busy off the pitch because it means the start of the January transfer window. And already it seems Arsenal are getting their business done as Aisley Maitland-Niles looks like he's on his way to Roma. Kai, is this a good decision considering that Af uh, Thomas Partey will be going to the Africa Cup of Nations? We are looking weak at right-back cover at the moment. Do you think it's good to loan out Maitland-Niles to Roma at the moment? Um... I'm not really sure. We should we should just give a little credit to our colleague at Football London, Chris yeah. Lee, who managed to report that story yesterday. I think uh, there were some other reports as well. But um, just in terms of numbers, unless you've got someone coming in, I think that leaves Arsenal a little bit short. Um, if they loan him out, he's admitting I was out at the start of January. If they loan him out at the end of January, maybe it makes a bit more sense. But you're sort of left with Sambi Lakonga, Granit Xhaka, and maybe Charlie Patino if um, if. Thomas Partey and Mohamed Elneny don't come back from the African Cup of Nations until relatively late. And I think Ghana and Egypt are among the favourites of the tournament. So you'd expect them to be sticking around for quite a while um, in Cameroon. So 
it's difficult to say. Personally, I think it's a, it's a bit of an unnecessary risk right now. And obviously, Arsenal will want to get some money for Maitland-Niles and the talkers of a move, a loan move with a view to a permanent transfer at the end of it. And maybe Arsenal will think, look, this is our best chance to get a bit of money for him while we can. At the same time, they have sort of immediate needs to to cover, and unless they've got someone coming in, which I personally haven't heard anything about, and I haven't seen any strong rumours about, it seems a bit of a risk. Just with the number of games they're going to play in January, obviously the two legs of the Carabao Cup, FA Cup third round, potentially fourth round as well, and those league games against City, Spurs, um, big games. So it's a yeah, like I said about fifty times now, it's a risk, but. Um, it's, if, if it's one that Arsenal feel is worth taking, then it's probably one they're, they're going to take. In the summer, I remember, of course, the controversy made in our Instagram post saying he just wants to play football. And then they apparently had the conversation after to make and I was sat down and said, Maitland and I be playing. And throughout the season, he did play against Watford. He got man of the match. And then suddenly something just changed and he hasn't really had to look in since. Why do you, why do you think that is, Kai? Do you think Arteta's just looked at a different direction or do you think it could be something else? I think Granit Xhaka came back into the team. Mm. That's what changed for Ainsley. And it's unfortunate because I, I agree with you. I think he played really well against Watford. He played against Norwich and was pretty good as well. Um, played pretty well in the Carabao Cup games. But um, yeah, Granit Xhaka's return to full fitness means that Maitland-Niles was another peg down the pecking order and he was third choice behind Partey and... Um, Jacker and Samuel Lekonga at the best of times and it seemed that El Nenny has moved above him in the pecking order as well played at Old Trafford did Mohamed El Nenny so yeah Ainsley has just fallen down the pecking order which is a shame because I think he's someone who can offer this Arsenal squad a lot and I think maybe if you go back all those years ago if he'd sort of knuckled down and decided to be a right back it would have worked I actually think he's looked really good in central midfield though so hopefully he can go somewhere else and establish a, a consistent position for his career and Go on to have a really good career because he's a very talented player. And uh, listen, he was in England international for a reason. And he's he was key to help Arsenal win the FA Cup and Community Shield. So we shouldn't forget that. But um, I can't see him starting for Arsenal anytime soon. So, yeah, it's a shame. But I think it is, it's, it's probably time for him to go just maybe towards the end of January rather than yeah. right at the beginning of it. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And of course, we almost sold him to Wolves, I believe, in the 2019 transfer window. I think it's around 25 million, 30 million. So let's say there is a few to buy anything about now from Roma. How much would you think we should be expecting? And would you make sure to include the buyback option if he improves for the future? Ooh. Um, yeah, why not? Let's throw a buyback option in there. That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be good to get him back first, potentially, if he, if, he, if he becomes as good a player as I think we all know he can be. Um, I don't know if Roma would go for that. Interesting. He's got 18 months left on his deal, so it's difficult to say for sure what Arsenal would want because I'm, I'm never really fully certain about how these loan moves with a view to buy mm. work out. Do they pay the fee that he'll be worth at the end of the season or do they pay what he'll be worth now? Um, obviously, there's a very different thing for 18 months versus 12 months on the contract. Not 100% sure, but if Arsenal can get 10 to 15 million for Ainsley, I think that'd be a really good piece of business. They can go out and maybe reinvest that in January, on getting a new midfielder. They're still for the striker. I don't know if that'll be enough to get a striker, but um, plenty of players out there who they could get for a decent amount of money. And um, listen, Arsenal done very well in the summer at finding little bargains in the transfer market. And maybe the only issue has been extracting good value for players. Obviously, Joe Willock went for a decent amount of money, but generally Arsenal haven't been that good at that. So I think it's a chance for Eddie with a, a player who... There's a quality player who is wanted by another team, who's not wanted by Arsenal, just to see what his negotiation skills are like. And if he's capable of getting 
towards the upper end of the 15 million mark, sort of the 10 to 15 million mark, close to 15 million, then fantastic. I think that would be a really smart piece of business by us. Yeah, absolutely. We have also we have Torreira, of course, who has an option to buy. It looks like Florentino going to buy him. So I think that's around 15 million. Guendouzi money is set to come in from Marseille and Maitland Niles money if there is a few to buy could come in. So Kai, do you think it would be wise to wait until the summer, use that money to reinvest in a top central midfielder, or do you think it's crucial we get a midfielder in, in this January chance window that could potentially affect a summer signing? So it might be a bit early to say because you don't know what cup competitions Arsenal are going to be in. If mm -hmm. Arsenal are just going to be in the Premier League, then I think they'd be able to get by with just three, maybe four, sort of Partey, Elneny, Sammy and Jacker. That'd be enough for them to get by. And then obviously Patino filling in if, if really need be. But um, if they're still in the FA Cup and if they get to the final of the Carabao Cup, they'll have a lot more games. So it's difficult to say right now. I think it's, it's a weird one because you don't want to go out at the start of January buy a midfielder and then find yourself just after having bedded him in needing to drop him out of the starting 11 because Partey and Elneny are back and when Partey and Jack are a fit they're the two who start in central midfield unless someone unexpected comes in right now in January I think that's going to be the case at least until the end of the season so it's, it's a tricky one to decide um, in terms of numbers I don't know I don't know maybe, maybe even a, a sort of a short-term deal for Jack Wilshere although I don't think Mikhail Fess is too keen on that but um so if something like that were possible, if they could get in for like a maybe a couple of months or like a pay as you play kind of thing, that, that maybe could work. But I'm just speculating here. There's no, there's, there's, if anything, there's the opposite suggestion coming out of Arsenal that that's what they're going to do. I don't think they will. I think Mikel Arteta has been very kind with Wilshire and said, look, he's a really good player and he could play Premier League level. But when he said, <laughs> when it comes to Arsenal, he said, that's another story. So I don't think. We'll see Jack back in an Arsenal shirt. But a signing like that, if it were possible, would be really convenient for Arsenal, even if it might not be so much for the player. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I wrote, uh, wrote an article, I think it was a few months ago, saying that I think it's a no, you can't really lose uh, bringing back Jack Wilson a pay-to-play contract. Uh, why not do it? I think you, there's not it's a low risk and I think, it, I think it would be a good good thing to do. So why not? But we shall see if that happens. But as you said, there hasn't been word from Arsenal that would be happening. It's actually the opposite. But you never know. Things change quickly in football. We shall see. But another position, Kaya, that would be highly looked at and scrutinised in the transfer window is the striker position. Of course, we have Lacazette, who recently, according to French outlet Le Creep, they said that Lacazette rejected a 12-month contract extension onto his contract the next 12 months so maybe Arsenal might look to bring in a striker and so like a set in the transfer window do you think that would be possible or is Laka absolutely untouchable until the end of the Laka, season? Lacazette staying um, with the Bamiang situation and Nketiah's future uncertain Balogun probably heading out alone and Martinelli looking better on the wing Lacazette I think is going to be staying at Arsenal um, the contract extension I wouldn't read too much into that um, I just I don't think Arsenal are, are going to do it maybe the Bamiang situation might alter it but I think Arsenal will sort of keep their cards close to their chest until they know exactly what's going on with Aubameyang exactly what's going on with Nketiah and then they can maybe think about extending Lacazette although personally I think as well as he's played recently and as, as, as well as he makes all the other players around him play I think it's probably time for Arsenal to look to move on and find someone who's capable of taking the chances that Arsenal do create for their centre forward I look at uh, I think on match of the day last night Ian Wright highlighted um, a point where Lacazette could have got into the box and got on the end of a Kieran cross didn't there was a, uh, an opportunity in the first half where Saka put in a really good ball for him. He had a free header in front of the 60-yard box, didn't score it. So, yeah, Arsenal can go out there and get a player who does what Lacazette does, who also scores the goals. I'm not exactly sure who that is, um, but he's out there. So, so 
I think they'll they'll hold on to Lacazette until the end of the season at least, um, unless something drastic happens in with Eddie Nketiah and Diemrick Aubameyang. I can't see them bringing in a centre forward in January, but that's definitely what's keeping an eye on for the end of the season. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And of course, you mentioned briefly Aubameyang. I just want to touch on him briefly. Of course, if we do speak about him, it will end up being a whole other episode or series, as you said. <laughs> but um, with Aubameyang, would you? How would if a club was to come in with an offer? For you, what would be acceptable? Would you accept a loan with a few to buy some lots of million else, or does it have to be straight cash now? I need to cash in, or would you not sell him at all? Uh, I personally don't see how he comes back from it, and I think, <laughs> pardon me, with the way the the rest of the Arsenal attack is playing right now and the strength and depth up there, I just think that if you bring him back into the team, it creates more problems than it's probably worth. I think he's a really good player, and I think he's still probably the best finisher at Arsenal. But if you just look at the way the team's playing right now. I don't see how he fits and they seem to have found this thing that works and I think changing that right now to fit in a player who has had his sort of collision, uh, collisions, um, is that the word I'm looking for, Mikel Arteta, sort of um, arguments, we say, yeah. um, with the manager, it just doesn't really, doesn't really work for me. I think it's looking like, I think it feels like if Arteta really wanted him back in the side, he probably would have brought him back already and I don't think that's going to happen. We've seen this from Arteta before um, with Ozil. We've seen it with Guendouzi. He does just bomb players out the squad and he doesn't really answer any questions on them in the press. So it's difficult to say. I, I personally think a loan with some sort of view to buy might be sensible or if they can loan Matt until the end of his contract and sort of try and get as much of his ways off the, the bill as possible. Great. But I, I don't really like talking about Aubameyang like that because it sort of makes him seem like a player who Arsenal needs to get rid of, which I don't think is the case. And, it's a shame it's ended this way because I think he is a really good player and has been a really good player for Arsenal. I just I can't see personally how he makes a comeback to this Arsenal side and yeah, a move away in January, potentially likely. And I think again, got, got to pay credit to Chris Wheatley who's been able to put out reports about interest from Spain, France, and Italy. So potentially something in that. Yeah, it is a big shame. I think Arteta realised that as well in his press conference. He did, he did seem a bit sad because Aubameyang's been crucial. He's the FA Cup win. I think it was down to him how hard we pushed to get him to sign a new contract as well. It has, it's just a big shame that it's turned out to be, to be like this. But another striker we do, I want to touch on briefly before we do move on, Kaya, is Enketia. Now, there's been reports, I think, from Germany and apparently Crystal Palace also could be interested in him. Do you think we have to sell him in this window in this in this window here? Do you think we could persuade him to sign a new contract before the season ends and keep him? That would be a risk, wouldn't it? Um, I think again, in terms of numbers, it doesn't make sense to let Nketiah go. If Balogun's gonna leave on loan and yeah. Abamyang isn't involved in the squad, then Lacazette and Nketiah are your only real centre forward options. Obviously, Martinelli can play there if needs be. But I, I think keeping until the end of the season in terms of numbers, obviously it's not gonna be ideal to lose him on a free. I don't think he'll sign a new contract. But if you can keep him to the end of the season and maybe give him a bit of game time, who knows if something happens to Lacazette, if he gets an injury or a suspension, then Nketi will come in and be first choice. And he'll be thinking, look, this is a good chance for me to play some Premier League football in a team that's playing really well, close to the opposition goal, that will create chances for a striker like Nketi. So, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him go in January. I think he's a really important player in this Arsenal squad right now and has become sort of out of nowhere a really important player just because of the sort of situations with other players and the African Cup of Nations being the way it is. So. No, I think Eddie has to has to stay until the end of the season, even if it does mean losing him on a free, um, as sad as that will be. 
Yeah, I agree. I think you mentioned earlier about the cup competitions and with us still being in the FA Cup and the, and the Carabao Cup in the semi-finals, of course, Eddie's the king of the Carabao. So we do need to, I think we do need to keep him for those games, yeah, especially <laughs> Carabao King, that's the one. Well, okay, I'm going to, uh, the last question of the show, I want to ask you this. For the transfer window, what would be your perfect outlook? What would what decisions would Arteta make that would be in your eyes? Yes, that is perfect. And how would the perfect transfer window end for you? Good question. Um, so I think ideal uh, transfer window is bringing in sort of the central midfielder. I think Arsenal really needs um, sooner. Just if Ainsley and Ainsley does end up leaving, then yeah, bring in a central midfielder who can come in and challenge that first team spot. I think. Maybe they could do with a bit more depth in the right back position in terms of someone capable of doing what Tommy Asu does, although Ben White is pretty, he can do it. And I really like Rob Hodney as a centre back, so maybe not. Um, centre forward, potentially, um, but it has to be the right one. So I think if the right centre forward isn't available, then no point in going out and sort of forcing it just ahead of schedule. So, yeah, for me, central midfield um, is the position to go for. I said right back is really important just in terms of lack of cover for Tommy Asu, but. Um, Ben White seems to have put that to bed. So, yeah, those 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 would be my areas to focus on in the transport window. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, I think I'd wait for a striker in the summer, as you said, it would be hard to sign a top striker because no clubs will likely want to sell their players top goal scorer, of course. But with a central midfield, I think we can maybe bring in a cheap player who can just provide good cover. Uh, for Thomas Party whilst he has gone on African Cup of Nations. But that is the end of the show there. Kaya, thank you as always. You've been a legend. Guys, if you want to see more of Kaya, be sure to follow him on Facebook as he has an account on there at Kaya Kayanak and on Twitter at Kaya Kayanak 97, sorry, and me as well, Bailey Kier underscore. There will be more Pressbox episodes, so make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. And most importantly, guys, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>